Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Every week on Jordan, Jesse Go, we turn on microphones and say things into them and then... It's over. You got it. That's the Jordan Jesse Go motto. <laughs> Every week on Jordan Jesse Go, week in, week out, low these past 11 years, mm-hmm. Jordan and I have thrown an hour of our and your time <laughs> down the drain by turning on these microphones and saying things. Uh, here's, I just want to, because we, we struggle with this at the yeah. top of the show, how, right. to, how to say what's going to go on. Yeah. Because if you're a new listener, it could sure. be difficult to adjust to this. Yeah, you could be, a, you know, just tuning in because you are a fan of our great guest who we'll introduce in a bit. Yeah. Um, and so here's what I thought. I want to stay on the cutting edge of podcasting. Yeah. I I do too. Now, I don't want to sh- worry you. And I this could be, you know, this could be preemptive. I'm prone to worry. But I think the genre that we're in, although it is fresh now... Right. I mean, right now, yeah. Jordan, and for the benefit of our guest who we haven't introduced yet, yeah. there is no hotter, mm-hmm. newer, fresher take on podcasting yeah. than <laughs> two, two white guys. And a guest, Gavin, and mostly just remembering Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Nintendo remembrances. Yeah. Um, and Genesis, which does what Nintendo. <laughs> of course. Um, I'm sorry that we left you out, Sega yeah. Genesis. <laughs> Please don't divorce me. <laughs> um, yeah, but so I want to stay on the cutting edge of podcasting, and right. I've been listening to some of these hot new shows, these right. these uh, you know well produced docu series, these right. small batch, well produced, you know, sound thoughtful, rich, yeah, you third know, coast audio festival award winning. Uh, and I think what we need to do is to have more pro- conversations with our producer in the car. <laughs> so do you think? <laughs> part of the show, either before or in the middle, maybe it's something we go back to periodically throughout the episode. Yeah. We break it up. Just us with Brian talking in the car. Yeah. That's a good On idea. On our way to something, wondering if something will work, maybe restating some information that we think people might need to know. Jordan, can I throw something out, th- uh, uh, yeah. out there to you? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also in this, we drive through Arby's. Oh, okay. It's like a sponsored thing. And I think people would like to hear that. Have you sold that sponsorship yet? Uh, Is that something you've already sold? Because I am already in talks with White Castle. Well, shit, man. We got our wires crossed. I am sorry. We should put someone should be in charge of this. No, I know. Someone should be in charge of this. We can go to two places. Okay. Fair enough. Here's my concern with this, Jordan. Yeah. And we'll introduce our guest in a second. (laughs) Why don't we introduce our guest? I want no part of this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's out. He's halfway out the door already. Yeah. We got to introduce him before he bails. I already got blood coming out of this ear from that <laughs> laugh you gave to <laughs> people. He's uh, he's a legendary stand-up comedian, legendary television host, documentarian. Currently bleeding out the ear. Documenting the human condition, I would say. Uh, Would you say that's your primary subject? Some human's condition. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Paul Provenza. Sure. Hi, Paul. How are you? Happy to be here. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Paul is a man who knows his colors. Mm -hmm. Paul's got a beautiful salt and pepper head of hair. Mm -hmm. He's bringing that out with blacks and grays in his wardrobe. Mm. 
I've, you guys are really you, you really drill down. We like to paint That's the, <laughs> it's the important thing. My but hair... listen about this talking to Brian in the car thing. Uh-huh. Right. I think you should go for um, Sonic because they're big, oh, with, Sonic. Right. they're big with two guys in a car. Yeah. Right. White Castle's regional. Sure. Right. You know, I'm just putting my two cents in. No. For Sonic is a good idea. I'm just Sonic putting my two cents idea. in. If you like the idea, just let me dip my beak. <laughs> All just right. a little, a little, just a little. little dip my beak. Paul, okay. we'll uh, we'll make sure you get some tots out of this deal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll slip up with some tots in the mail. <laughs> Hey, how about a soft serve soft serve cone, buddy? Love it. Would you Love like it. that? Would you like that dipped? Love it. Yeah, it'll, it'll be there in six to eight weeks. <laughs> we're not we're not so rushing anything. So here's my only sure. concern about this plan. Yeah. Now, Jordan, how would you characterize, based on your experience, mm-hmm. my feelings towards Brian Sonny D. Fernandez, our producer? I think you like him. Yeah, I love the. You're guy. a little worried he's going to dip his beak. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy's always looking to dip his beak. <laughs> sure. This asshole. But I love this guy. Yeah. Brian's been – I've been working with Brian since I was just a guy in an apartment in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. Not even when, when I got the – this was before I got the second bedroom. Mm-hmm. I was doing it in my – I was recording in my foyer. Now, I was lucky to have a foyer. I admit say, you had a foyer. Yeah, you should whoa, show up right now. Whoa, okay. Seriously. Okay, Rockefeller. White privilege. Jeez, yeah. yeah. However, okay, I want to say this. Do we want to – I'm trying to find the right word – encourage him? Oh. Uh, well, he'll be off mic. Oh, okay. He's just a device. Got it. Yeah. He's like uh, – uh, he's like a like – a, like we're the subject – he's the subject of the story and we're the Greek chorus? Yeah, something he'll, like He'll be like your Paul Schaefer right. kind of thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, He's we. I got him the outfit, by and, the way. And every once in a while, we'll remember. Oh, Brian was great in Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> remember how Brian was in Spinal Tap? Had a little scene and really funny. Do you Guys, know that this, this conversation? Whenever anybody has said Paul Schaefer was great in Spinal Tap, it is immediately followed by somebody else going. Paul Schaefer was in Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just Important. assumed that it was immediately followed by someone else saying. Did you know he co-wrote It's Raining Men? <laughs> oh, that's he a did. fun fact about Paul fun Schaefer. Fact. I'm supposed to be interviewing Paul Schaefer in a couple weeks. And the CBS Orchestra? Yeah, or... the whole CBS Orchestra is going to be there. <laughs> Strings and everything. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's my concern with that. But I think it is a workable idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that we should buff this show up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already bringing in stars. we got Provenza here. Yeah. Um, He's from kids. That shows, that shows how that's working out. He's, he's from Kids Court. <laughs> from Kids Court. You know, we're bringing the show back. You're going to bring back Kids Court? This Is this time, a scoop? This time with the death penalty. <laughs> Whoa! Mm-hmm. Look out. Times have changed. You've got to keep up. Ladies and gentlemen. Keep up. We're you'll, be, some, you'll be filming in Texas, right? We're, we're working with the ISIS production company. We're going to do some beheadings. <laughs> They t- they're doing a lot of hot stuff these days. Them yeah. and Vice. Sure. <laughs> you can hook up with either of those. You know, they use they share the crew. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. It's a similar aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of dangerous, edgy. Uh-huh. We're getting in, we're going down deep, yeah. So yeah. what is what is so in the new this all new uh <laughs> capital punishment kids court, what is <laughs> what is punishable by death? Is everything Whatever punished? I feel like it. Wow. Acting up in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Enough with kids. Can people stop having kids already? Don't we have enough kids? Thank you. There's Finally. enough people, enough kids. Yeah. I mean, I love kids and all, but I love puppies too. We got enough of them too. Sure. Yeah. What, how many shelters are full of kids? Yeah. That just. That's right. They, people may left in a box. By the way, it is easier actually to adopt a kid than a puppy. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, our friend Michael Showalter, past guest on this program, mm-hmm. 
he came on the Sound of Young America one time, and uh, I asked him to do some. He was going to do some stand-up comedy on the show. Mm-hmm. Thrilled to have Show Walter there. Now, the, a big-time movie director directed our friend uh, Emily and Kumail's mo- mm-hmm. movie coming out, The Big Sick. Uh, but Show Walter came directly from. He would not do comedy. He's a sensitive guy. Would not do comedy. Would only talk about how he had just been denied a kitten. Wow. He had tried to adopt a kitten, gotten as far as the trial period. They had revoked the kitten. Oh, it, it, is, it, it will scar you if you are rejected from taking care of something with a brain the size of a walnut. Yeah. It takes its toll <laughs> I on had your that, self-esteem. I had that problem when I tried to adopt a stegosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is, it, is, it, is it in the tail of a stegosaurus? Yeah, I think so. Is that yeah, something like I that? Think so. I, uh, like I I I had a when I was when I was in the market for a pet, mm-hmm. I was looking on one of these pet websites. Iguana.com. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a pet website? Sure. <laughs> My bad. Singleferrets.milf. <laughs> is there a dot milf? Uh, there should be. There probably should be. Um So yeah, I was looking for a pet and I saw this nice cat that Looked very beautiful. Her name uh, was Ling Ling, which may have been racist. Mm-hmm. Um, or which, Siamese. Could have been a Siamese cat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the name the name made me feel a little uncomfortable. I don't think that the, the you know, this pet's uh, ca- caregiver mm-hmm. was had any kind of, you know, wasn't trying to be racist. But, I mean, you know, might have been one of those things. Might have just Hard been somebody who really wanted a panda. Yeah, right, yeah. Or just, yeah, an old woman who doesn't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> this cat isn't fucking. It's probably a panda. Um, it's the main thing that pandas do. So it's not fuck. Um, so I sent a, an email to whoever was in charge of Ling Ling yeah. saying that I was interested and would like to meet her. Did you tell them that you were a Maybe panda just for coffee. <laughs> no drama. No, 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 no expectations. Yeah. No hookups. <laughs> right. Uh, so I wanted to meet Ling Ling, and I'm the pet pet giver, caregiver, emailed me back a couple days later saying that Ling Ling had been adopted. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a couple weeks later, I was trolling the same pet website. Guess who's fucking still up there? I'm going to go with Ling Ling. Yeah, it's Ling Ling. God Ling Ling was it. still up there. God damn it. And so my, I, my brain starts working overtime. Right. You have a perfectly competent person. Who wants to come in and maybe adopt this racist cat? Before before she told you, yeah. she told you that Ling Ling was mm-hmm. already adopted. Did she ask you anything? Did she know anything about you? No. Uh-uh, did she Google you and find you in a costume talking to Denzel Washington? That's probably what it was. Or listened yeah. to two minutes of this podcast <laughs> and decided that I should not be in charge of another living thing. Well, your 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 first mistake was giving her your name. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have. Um. Yeah, I should have said I was. Um, can I tell you, know. you? Can I tell you what my theory on this is, Jordan? Yeah, I don't think there is a Ling Ling. I mean, mm. I think there's the panda Ling. Ling. Oh, I've heard I about this. This is on an example. Sites. This is something called catfishing. Cat catting. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a bait and switch. I've heard that happens a lot on adoption yeah. websites. Yeah, yeah. Old switcheroo. That she, you know, that's so funny. I. I did get another email from the the pet caregiver saying that um, she would consider uh, she would consider letting me meet Ling Ling if I just sent her routing numbers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah, and you have to come to Nigeria to pick her up. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. There are dramatically different standards depending on the organization. Mm-hmm. True. So I have two dogs, Coco and Sissy, as my listeners mm-hmm. probably know, 
I call them my listeners. To a lesser extent, they're your listeners. Jordan, <laughs> yeah. and an even lesser extent, yours, Paul. Coco and Sissy are your listeners. Yes, right, that's yeah. fair. Um, and it soothes. Uh, if you play this in the house when you're at work, it soothes them. Makes you think you're still around. <laughs> that's the primary <laughs> use of this podcast: is to play for pets so they don't go crazy it's in to your keep house. The dog from chewing the leg of the sofa. Yeah, they, I I adopted them both from rescue organizations, uh, organizations that had gotten them out of other bad situations. Uh, Sissy came from mm-hmm. a shelter. Mm-hmm. There was a kill shelter. And uh, Coco came actually from Mexico, uh, from a dog Which hoarder Which is actually a kill shelter. Yes. <laughs> Technically, legally, by international law. I think law. so, yeah, yeah. I think so. And I, uh, I, I got Sissy. When I got Sissy, Sissy came over to our house. This was a period in our time when we were trying to have a baby but mm-hmm. had not yet gotten pregnant. Although, as it turned out, my wife was pregnant at the time, so it was a mistake to get a second dog. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we had this dog come over to our house, and there were these two very suspicious people. And they had, to be frank, sort of middle-aged, slightly – look, I'm not going to shock you by saying mm-hmm. that these pet rescue volunteers were middle-aged and slightly dumpy. Mm-hmm. But they were. But they had a kind of Sam and Diane vibe going on <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I, I've noticed there's a lot of Asperger's in Pet Rescue. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a pet is an inc- unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. God bless him. And these two, uh, these two people put my wife and I through a like basically we, it was basically the NFL scouting combine <laughs> for dog parenting. Sure. Like we were measuring our vertical leap. Fully. You know what I mean? They were measuring the size of our hands, like everything. And we already had a very healthy, happy dog at that point. Is there point. a history of heart disease in your family? Exactly. <laughs> Did you have to uh, put on an ape costume and jump on a trampoline and do a slam dunk? Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's what happens at the combine. <laughs> that would be a nice capper. Yeah. I mean, if they're looking for a capper after the zigzag drills. <laughs> um, so... I, uh, I, we eventually, we passed the test. Mm-hmm. Not bragging, Paul. <laughs> okay. No, we haven't seen each other in a while, but I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Hey, I- Ixnay. Okay. No. Ling-ling. Sorry, no, Jordan. That's true, yeah. Sorry, Jordan. Jordan's, Jordan's, uh, Jordan's happily married now to his cat bug. <laughs> and so uh, that Whose was- name, I will say, is not problematic at all. Yeah, I agree. And that was, uh, you know, that was uh, quite an ordeal. Mm-hmm. But we made it through. We adopted the dog. Now, our previous dog, Coco, we went to a far reach of Los Angeles. Los Angeles, for those who don't live here, goes on forever, mm-hmm. just indefinitely. Yeah, it's, it's the infinite universe. The further you go, the more diffuse your car mm-hmm. becomes around you. <laughs> like it just be- turns in- eventually into a kind of golden haze. <laughs> Until but, you reach the event horizon. Yeah. You, you, is, that, is that where Magic Mountain is? <laughs> Somewhere a little further yeah. north. <laughs> we got a hamburger hamlet up there. And then, past the event horizon. And then once you, once you pass that event horizon, um, as Stephen Hawking says uh, in A Brief History of Time, uh, you are turned into a spaghetti. <laughs> so you're driving through this golden haze. And uh, you, the further you get, the more Fry's Electronic Superstores you pass. <laughs> <laughs> Each with a different theme. Yeah. More Olive confusing Gardens. than the last. Olive Garden start popping up. Mm-hmm. So we go to this. Yeah, you know you're out of town when you see an Olive Garden. Yeah. 
we're looking for this house. We, you know, it's the same thing. We found this dog on Petfinder. We are, we're already thinking about. We want to take this dog home, and we ended up in a sort of exurban tract home, just where like uh, just a, a a sort of round sixty year old woman opened the gate, beckoned us in. We went inside. There's like five dogs in the front yard, all terrifying. Giant and terrifying, mm-hmm. not threatening us, but just the kind of dogs that are so large and athletic that they are threatening by their very presence. Mm-hmm. And she sent us inside and we sat down on a giant, like overstuffed leather sofa, you know, the kind with like the flat flaps on top of the arms, uh-huh. you know, that kind I'm talking about mm-hmm. in front of a giant big screen TV, not a flat screen TV. I want to be clear. Uh, a big yeah. screen tube TV. A huge. Mm-hmm. Circa 90s. Wall-sized yeah. 1992 big screen TV. You got it from Paul, the king of big screen. Playing El Gordo y La Flaca or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> and the Coco, our dog, who at the time was named Chicklet, mm-hmm. I think it was. Maybe Sissy was named Chicklet. One of them was named Chicklet. We're going to have to get into that a little later mm-hmm. on. It's a pretty cute name. Just jumped on our laps. The lady came over, like talked to us for like two minutes. And was like, okay, great. And we just took the dog home. <laughs> no paperwork. It was like a pickup. It was yeah. basically a pickup. It was it was easier than going to the UPS store. Sure. It's like we didn't even buy, need to remember it's like the when slip. you buy drugs from someone, you have to hang out for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I, I adopted a cat some time ago, about seven or eight years ago. And they put me through a, a crazy... Uh, um, rigmarole. Rigmarole. What's the process called? I don't yeah. even know. But... Um, they wanted to see the dishes I was going to feed the cat out of. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What I mean, is an inappropriate dish to feed well, a cat Well, if it's, that, if that it's, question remained unstated. <laughs> if it's convex instead of concave, yeah, that would like, be a problem. Like crazy. Like crazy. And, you know, they literally walked around and looked at every inch of the, of the house and everything. Just recently, about were they, six... What were they looking for? Like parakeets? I don't know what they were looking for. I was afraid to ask. I didn't know if they had backup. Sure. So, uh, Are there uh, enough sunbeams coming in through the window? Yeah. <laughs> they and, like uh, to lay in those. It was just crazy. Uh, six months ago, I adopted a dog, and I, I, my, my wife saw this um, picture of a puppy online. She knew this agency because a couple of friends of ours had gotten a dog through this rescue agency. And they were having a little uh, uh, fair, a little adoption fair in the parking lot of some, you know, farmer's market kind of thing. So we drive out there. It starts pouring rain on the way out there. It is just torrential when we get there. They're packing up because obviously show's over for them. And uh, they still had this puppy. So we look at this puppy. And we're like, oh, he's so cute. And we literally just went out there to meet these people because we knew they could get some good dogs. And we wanted to mm-hmm. you know, we, we you wanted know to help have, them you out. You had heard from your friends that they had the good shit. And they, they, they <laughs> had the good shit. Pure, And, and that they uncut, were good people, what have you, whatever. Uh, okay, so we show up. Uh, they said, oh, yes, this dog is still here. Here, take a look at him. Oh, can we hold him? Yes. Eight minutes later, we're in the car on the way home with a dog and a crate and a half-open bag of, of dog food <laughs> going, 
what the what the fuck just happened? We have a dog. They didn't care. They were just like, we, like we were. I got like five at my house right now. I, yeah. I live in an apartment. I'm already in trouble. Just foster the dog. Foster the dog. Right. I don't think we heard back from these people until like five months later when they said, oh, by the way, you need to send us a check. Nah. They, they couldn't care less. I, I I think it was. I think this adoption agency was a front for a human trafficking operation. <laughs> right. It just all was too. They're super. Weird they were. And, they were too chill about it. They were too. They mm-hmm. really didn't care what happened. I go to the Pasadena City College flea market once a month, and it's a huge flea market. And one of the things, there's two great things about this flea market besides the flea market sales. And they both come in trucks. One is the pie and burger truck. Mm-hmm. Thank nice. God we're addressing local Los Angeles sure. restaurants. Yeah. Dear God, if you're in Pasadena, please do go to the pie and burger. Yeah. So that's, no reason not to. That's no wonderful. No reason and not to. Can I tell you this? Hmm. Pie and burger dr- truck delivers almost the full pie and burger experience. I've not eaten out of the pie and burger truck. I have no complaints. Hmm. I ate out of it and was thrilled. I would like to eat out of that truck. Okay. So there's that. The other is an enormous RV that belongs to the Pasadena, hum- Pasadena Humane Society comes and then they take out all these doggies. Yeah. It's what I call the awe truck. Yeah. There are like probably. That's what the horn sounds like. Aww. It's being operated Aww. by 27 lovely grandmas mm-hmm. who are all putting doggies in your arms. Like it is, it is brutal. It is cruel. It's human to cruelty. To me that they are forcing me <laughs> to pet these doggies. Mm-hmm. Because I have two doggies and three children and one wife and not a huge house. I can't, I don't need a, you know. Sure. You don't need to be falling in love with some dog who probably has bladder problems. That's how you get manipulated by Big yeah. Puppy. Yes. You know, big Puppy is full <laughs> of shit. Puppy is controlling our emotional life. And they're somebody's, full of... somebody's got a house break, big puppy. <laughs> and those things are full of BPAs. Yeah, they sure are. You got to watch out for those pippas. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Maximum Fun has asked us to make a new promo, and I think the best way to do it is to tell people what our show's about. Oh, that's pretty easy. The Greatest Generation is a hybrid podcast that guarantees you a good night's sleep with a combination of both latex foam and memory foam. No, it's actually a show that allows you to skip the post office by printing out your own postage. No, it is a podcast that allows you to design websites by using award-winning templates. Ben, it is most definitely not that. The Greatest Generation is a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. New episodes come out every week on Maximum Fun or wherever you download podcasts. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Paul Provenza. Dipping his beak. Yeah. <laughs> Get it wet. Get the beak wet. <laughs> Jordan, we got some sponsors on this week's program helping bring you Jordan Jesse Go. The first of them, Squarespace. It's a way to create a website. Yeah. You can uh, share your art, things you love. You can sell stuff. Yeah, sell whatever you want. They do commerce on these things. Not quite. Don't sell illegal drugs. No, please don't. Um, just the legal ones. Yeah, just sell so some legal nice... drugs, like bath salts in some states. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, sell your legal drugs, sell your handicrafts, get a site, 
from Squarespace.com. If you go to Squarespace.com slash JJGo, free trial, 10% off. Yeah, Squarespace is a way that anyone can make a beautiful website. They've got templates that are, you know, responsive depending on what device you're using. And, uh, you know, I've made myself some Squarespace websites in my time, Jordan. A lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Seems and they came like out fun. gorgeous. Uh, and, hey, you know how, how often they have customer service? Um, 20, I don't remember. 24-7. Yeah. 24-7 that's it. That's customer it. That's service. That's what I was trying to come up with. Squarespace.com slash JJGo. Our friends at Squarespace. Hey, Jordan. Yes. I want to try Squarespace. I don't want to play full freight. Do you, you got like a buddy's discount? Is there something you can hook me up with, Jordan? Yeah, just go on over to squarespace.com slash JJGo. Free trial, 10% off. That's a deal. Hey, we also have a sponsor this week that is a podcast musical. Mm, I can't imagine our audience would be interested in that. <laughs> Definitely. I know. This is a real shot in the dark, but no. if there are any fans of musicals and podcasts out there. When yeah. you say a podcast musical, is it a podcast or is it a musical about podcasts? It's a podcast. It's a narrative fictional podcast starring real Broadway actors. Mm-hmm. And it's by playwright, excuse me, award-winning playwright, Jonathan Goldberg. It's called The Fall of the House of Sunshine. It's about a children's show host. uh, Named Brushy Sunshine. mm Mm-hmm. They are murdered by bullets fired through a rip in space-time. Holy shit. Oh, this old story. Yeah, Detective Dankent is tasked with solving the case. They're rebooting this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Tale as old as time. Yeah. You go it to all goes back to Gilgamesh. Silly, fun. They're, uh, the episodes are about 15 minutes long, and they include three original songs, iTunes, Stitcher, other podcast apps, or you can go over to podmusical.com. Yeah, that's The Fall of the House of Sunshine at podmusical.com. If you want to sponsor Jordan Jesse Go, email Teresa at MaximumFun.org, or if you want to get up on our Jumbotron, go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Paul Provenza, interloper. Paul, you're not an interloper. You're a, you're a, welcome, you're a welcome breath of fresh air. And interloper. Yeah, fair enough. Is, you know? is there a sexual connotation to interloper? It's always seemed like, an, er- like an erotic word to me. Feels like it. You're right. You're right. You <laughs> like, and I go to the same website. <laughs> That's right. Interloper.milf. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear interloper, I feel like inappropriately sexual. Like mm-hmm. when, you know, your shirt brushes your nipple in the middle of the day or something. You're <laughs> uh-huh. like, what just happened? I need to lay down. It's too much sexuality. Yeah. Interloper. Is that why you got that fainting couch? (laughs) Yes, exactly. You don't have a huge apartment. I was really surprised when you took up so much of it with that fainting couch. Yeah, I mean, I'm always swooning. Right. Getting the vapors. Right. Um, Don't always have a julep at hand. (laughs) Oh, if I don't have my julep. (laughs) That's that's intraloping. Got it. Intraloping. Intra, sure. Got it. Got it. Thank you, Paul. No problem. Paul, you're in a you're in a new documentary film. I am. I'm a very small part of this of this film. But, but it, uh, this is like like a, we we get a, we get an email we get an email about this movie. There's ten thousand people we love in this movie. It's not it's, just Paul Provenza. You no, remember? No, no. We you sent can't. them a numbered list of requests. 
You were 17th. 16 people said no before, before Paul Bruce said, yeah, you know. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I moved up. Paul Provenza <laughs> from Kids Court. You know? <laughs> now with capital punishment. <laughs> New and improved. Tell us about the movie, Paul. What do you know uh, about it? It's, it's just, uh, I just think it's terrific. I, uh, I got a call out of the blue from these guys. Uh, uh, Paul Too Good. Fantastic name. Yeah, that's a very good name. Uh, Almost too good to yeah. be true. Yeah, and uh, and Lloyd Stanton, not so great in yeah, it. Fair, yeah. but it's all right. It's a good normal. Name. Uh, uh, they're British filmmakers, mm-hmm. uh, and um, uh, I saw some clips from some other stuff they had done. I went, well, these guys know what they're doing, and um, and Suli McCulloch, who's an old friend of mine, comedian from way back, is uh, co-producing it, and. Um, they just said, hey, we want to interview you about some experiences as a comedian. And then I found out who was in it. And I was like, well, I'm very happy to be among this group of people. And then I saw it and I was absolutely blown away. It's an absolutely gorgeous movie. I mean, it's it's really artful. It's all talking heads except for cutaways that kind of give you this this uh, this vibe of what it's like being on the road or you know whatever the particular topic is that they're in the in, in, in the movie at that particular time uh and it, they just had this beautiful artful approach to it and they interviewed so many comedians everybody from jerry seinfeld gary shandling jerry lewis to people like myself to philippe esparza and, and uh, royale watkins and people you never heard of sarah silverman's in it uh, um, so who's many. sarah silverman i'm not mm-hmm. familiar with her she's uh, keep an eye on her okay keep an eye on her oh, well thank you uh and um and, and they really just had conversations oh with the all just kid like... from wreck it ralph <laughs> oh i loved wreck it ralph she's the kid <laughs> okay got it uh, and, and uh, yeah, they just talk to people about what it's like to be a comedian. And uh, so they have this unbelievable spectrum of people talking about what it's like to be a comedian. And you walk away with a real sense of something very odd. What an odd group of people in an odd world with an odd manifesto. And it's just it's pretty cool. And I think, you know, they drill down so deep that that irony it comes to pass, which is when you drill down so deep on something so specific, it ultimately becomes universal. You know, so it's kind of cool. Nice. Uh, I, should, we, we, I don't think we've said the title yet. Dying it's Laughing. Dying Laughing, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. What did you, when you watched it, I mean, it must be so weird to do, like, just a talking head interview uh, and then see it put together. Like, what did you... Were you misquoted? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I misquoted myself. Yeah. That's how good this movie yeah, got is. Got it. Hello, I'm uh, comedian Paul Provenza, and I love to eat poop. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Somebody... <laughs> Hold on. That's what a dog does. <laughs> that's some good and looping right there. it's a right misbehaving there. dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were wondering why they always insisted on having a shot of the back of your head. <laughs> Reaction <laughs> shot. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's um, uh, it, well, it's funny because you don't know the context, but it's yeah. it's um, uh, y- when you do something like that. But uh, again, these guys, they just they just really did it up. They really did it really thoughtfully, really thoughtfully. And because they're from outside the world of comedy, I was skeptical because people always sort of have their own idea of what comedy is or comedians are or what their life is like that, that they tend to impose on things, you know. But they didn't. They really were like, let's hear what, what it really is and let's try and create this this vibe, this feeling. And they did a great job. As far as I can tell, people who don't know a lot of comedians think one of two things mm. of comedians. That they're always funny or they're always sad. Right. That's true. That's true. They also <laughs> Here's another interesting one. They also think that we do nothing all day. Because we work at night and we do nothing all day except, you know, play video games or whatever and occasionally write a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
when really we're up at like six in the morning doing morning drive radio wherever we're at and all that other stuff. And it's it's not at all just meaningful and, and in non-meaningful ways. And it's not at all what you think it is. I know a lot of comedians and especially the male comedians that I know are extraordinarily frequent masturbators. <laughs> oh, like crazy. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, so like – and there are things to do between that morning radio and hitting the club at night, and they're fully explored by the comedian community. <laughs> we spend time at malls mm-hmm. and masturbating when we get back to the Quality Inn. Now, how See? much masturbating is in the film? <laughs> <laughs> not enough, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, really not yeah, maybe, there'll, maybe there'll be a director's cut or a, <laughs> Totality, a Blu-ray the or a Criterion thing. That should... <laughs> the alienation <Yeah>. of... <laughs> <laughs> the lonely, <laughs> semen-handed man <laughs> in a quality inn. <laughs> oh, quality inn is a sad name of a place. <laughs> yeah, when it says when it tells you what you're supposed to think of it. Paul, Paul, do you do? Do you just still do those kinds of gigs? Do you still go to a quality inn and do drive time radio? And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't been doing much stand up per se mm-hmm. uh, for a while now because I've been working on other stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and also, frankly, you directed the Disney movie The Aristocats. That's correct, with the dancing <laughs> cats, uh, and um, uh, I focused a lot on the dishes they eat from. Right, mm, sure. Um, Concave, concave, the food. Yeah, <laughs> can't be a mound or the food rolls off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I haven't been doing much stand-up per se. Plus, mm-hmm. I've also been uh, um, doing uh, a lot of work with Setlist. Yeah, this is, is so you've uh, been doing this show for you've been doing this show for quite a quite a while. This is like your signature show. We just had our fifth year anniversary at Nerd Melt, so I've been doing it for about six years, and uh, all around the world. And um, uh, Nary, there is Nary, a comedy festival in this great world of ours that does not feature Paul Provenza flying in to do set list. <laughs> and the evil genius Troy Conrad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. So I've been doing a lot of hosting and I've been doing a, a lot of other stuff that, that I'm interested in right now, Like as I told you set, guys Setlist is a show like where you bring comedians in and give them topics that they hadn't expected. Yeah, right? We create a set list and they see them the topics one at a time on screen at the exact same time that the audience sees them for the first time. And they have to improvise the set that goes with it. But they have to buy into the conceit that this is, this is my act. Mm-hmm. This is right. actually my set list. So it's really fun. It's really fun for the audience, too, because they know, you know they're in on it and they know what's going on. So. Uh, but for comedians, it's like, it's like bungee jumping. It's really, it's really nerve-wracking. In fact, <clears throat> do you guys know who Tim Minchin is? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. sure. Okay, cool. Tim is a sing- yeah, singing comedian from Australia. Very yeah. funny. A He's... hero to the skeptic movement. Mm-hmm. The man who wrote the music for the Broadway musical Matilda. Matilda, that's right. Oh. That's right. Uh, and, um, you know, he had just played a series of shows at the O2 Arena and came down to the Soho Theater. We were in London at the Soho and, uh, you know, maybe 100 seats. And he was more nervous doing set list there than he was doing his own show at the O2 Arena. So it really just, it, it, it just, it, it lays bare all your uh, vices and virtues. Hmm. And I would like to see Andy Kindler do that. I die and again. Andy, Andy just hasn't done it yet and kind of sort of refuses to do it. 
To be fair, I would enjoy watching Andy Kindler negotiate a breakfast table, for example. <laughs> there are very few challenges that I wouldn't enjoy right. watching Andy Kindler take on. I just had Andy Kindler. I'm, I'm, I'm directing a play that we're uh, trying to find a venue for. And Congratulations, had, Paul. Actually Your career had, sounds like it's doing great. It's not at all. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but all this shit is um, payment free. Got mm. it. Uh, but uh, I had Andy come and do, and do the reading, and he was hilarious. Andy is so funny. I think that most of Andy's fans are ironically his fans, though. No. Okay. No, All right. sir. Glad to hear it. Who doesn't love it? Only I mean, a monster doesn't love Andy Kendler. I agree. Yeah. Andy Kendler is the hilarious. funniest I mean, man in the world. Yeah, Andy Poig. Uh, yeah, but I, I think maybe what you're getting at uh, is uh, the is the strange space that Andy Kendler exactly. performs in. Exactly. You know who else fits in that space? Hmm. Todd Glass. Sure, yeah. yeah right absolutely. in that pocket. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to describe. Yeah, and it is it is it is you don't necessarily want the joke to go over well when Andy Kendler is telling the joke. Because yeah. he's funnier you when, w- kind he's, of when want, he's not killing. You kind of want to see him react to the joke not going exactly, well. Exactly, which is a, a if really I see, challenging place to be, and he is phenomenal. Yeah, and I'll, I'll put our buddy Chris Fairbanks in that zone a little bit, too, of that kind okay. of comic that does... You just want to watch him sputter a little. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. That's it, the sputtering guys. Yeah. Although I will say, Todd Glass has a joke. Or had a joke. I don't know if he's still doing this joke. That, in fact, it, I, it's a stretch to call it a joke. Mm-hmm. But there's <laughs> there's a bit in a special that he did maybe three four years ago where he's talking about how rich people are different from poor people. And the example that he gives is that poor people back their cars into parking spaces. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't. It doesn't have any particular resonance. Mm-hmm. It's just so alarmingly specific. <laughs> it's so funny. I love when comics do that thing where, you know, and they always talk about it in the third person, like, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're home masturbating and your mother walks in the door, and, yeah. you know, and it's whatever. And, and it, 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 nine times out of ten, it's usually something where I sit and watch and go, no, no, I've never, no, that's never. Yeah. You know I don't how know that what is. you're talking yeah. about. I don't. Todd Glass has the conviction to, to convince me. <laughs> Literally every time I, I have backed into a parking space in the last, like, you think four years, like, Let's say I'm in a I'm in a tight spot and I just go went past it, but I want to get back in so I can go head out on the way out. Uh, as I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, classic poor person, <laughs> raised poor, stage poor. Uh, I my one of those that I just like. I just I think about every time I'm reminded of it. Mm-hmm. I know that's a bad sentence. I'm, mm-hmm. I think about it every time I'm reminded of it. Right. I didn't want to give anything away. Right. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing Howard Kramer for the first time, and this is also maybe not a joke. It's just something he said. He's kind of in that space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. He said, a starfish? What the hell is that? I'll shove it up my ass for five bucks. <laughs> 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 there are ten funny things about that. <laughs> like, why don't you know what a starfish is? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, what is it? Is it is it a joke? Is it a, is it is it Dadaism? What what is that exactly? And every time I, I see like a starfish, I'm like, oh, a starfish! What the hell's that? I'll shove it up my ass. Five bucks. <laughs> but you know, I love Jordan, I love comedy like that. It's great. <laughs> you can't you can't really do the math on it. Yeah, I love yeah. That. It's yeah. great we have Paul here because you know Howard actually wrote that joke at Setlist. At Setlist, that would not surprise That's me. It's just yeah. a thing he yelled when he saw the word starfish. <laughs> <on the board. laughs> you see, and he would have killed. Yeah. See, but yeah, I would love to see Andy do it. 
uh, um, uh, Todd Glass has done it, but in the way that only Todd Glass yeah. and maybe Andy Kindler would also do it, which is where they do it without doing it. It just becomes funny as to how he's avoiding actually doing it, and it's hilarious. Uh, um, uh, there are people. Todd Glass has been a podcaster for many years. And when I talk to Jordan Jesse Go fans, his podcast is one of those that comes up, and I think it's because Todd's show, as far as I know. It's been a long time since I've heard it. But as far as I know, it's just him talking for four hours about <laughs> something very small. But Todd is so sincere and passionate in his most deeply held beliefs. And it's a beautiful quality that he has. You can't tell if like, he's serious or, or yes, he's, he's not. Absolutely. You, you really can't tell with Todd. It's, it's confused me for the decades that I've known him. There's a, there's a, a viral vid... Mm-hmm of Todd Glass talking about how to plan a party. <laughs> and you keep, ex- it's 10 minutes long. It's him leading you through all the different ways to plan a party. You're waiting for a punchline of this video. Then you realize, no, this is just a video with a man who has profoundly mm-hmm. deep convictions. Like core of his identity <laughs> is specific things that you should do when planning a party. And you're ju- it makes me, I know, extremely happy. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about Todd Glass is whenever he goes to a gig, he spends the whole day before his first show redoing the entire place. <laughs> he makes them move chairs. He makes them put up curtains. He makes them bring in lighting people. And he just goes in. He's got like this. He's a, he's a friend of the comedian in that if he shows up at a room, he will absolutely rant and rave and make them make it right. Yeah. <laughs> and I love him for that. I love him for that. Because too often you show up and it's, you know, the light is, it, it's easy shit most of the time too. It's like, we well, all you have to do is move the light up six inches. Like since you hung it, it's dropped a little bit. Just fix that. <laughs> but they haven't in four years, you know, or like, you know, take the gel out. We don't need a gel. This is not a theater. We're not doing death of a salesman. <laughs> we don't need gels, you know. And he they goes are in there doing... and he makes them do all of that stuff. The late show on Saturday is the Tempest. That's the <laughs> thing, Paul. Yeah. That's why they got that thunder sheet. Backstage. <laughs> the Stratford upon Avon Comedy sure. Club. Yeah. It's actually, I think it's a Zanies now <laughs> in Stratford. I'm not 100% on that, but I think it's a Zanies. <laughs> a uh, Zounds. Do you, do you ever miss those quality in, hang out at the mall, morning drive type gigs? Is that something you would want to go back to? I, I, you know, I, yeah, I do them. Every once in a while, one will pop up and I'll do it. Yeah. But I, much, I really love doing festivals and being at festivals. Yeah. And um, I spend so much time on the international circuit, which is a blast. It's really great. I mean, yeah. if you have the option of working in Dayton, Ohio at the Chuckle Hut for a week or, you know, a festival in South Africa or, you know, a gig in China or something, it really, it's really a different ball game. And the great, quality great ends fun. in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Are you just a whole there, you know, really, yeah. other level. Beautiful. The I, masturbation you know, they, you're going to do. You know yeah. they're there. They're there. Yeah. Yeah. Those white yeah. sand qualities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you mean about the comedy festival being a, such a great place to perform. It's so nice to perform at a place where people like comedy. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah they're, I feel like sometimes you will do a comedy show somewhere for people who it feels like don't like Well, comedy. here's the thing is a lot of clubs, you know, they basically they market people into the room. Yeah. 
you know, between the promotions that they do or, or the group bookings sure. and, the, and the party bookings and all that sort sometimes of stuff. Sometimes it's just it's the like, best place in town to eat nachos. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just, you know, it's closer than the movie theater is. Yeah. And so people pop in there. And it's it's not quite the same as an audience that's really into comedy. Jordan and I did a comedy show at a very standard comedy club here in Southern California in Pasadena that will shall go re- nameless. Pineberger. It was Pineberger. <laughs> they got a little back room. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, normally the it's the bathroom, but on Saturday nights, they, <laughs> um, and we we did it. We probably did. What did we do it four times, maybe? Mm-hmm. And every time we'd get, it's hard. Our show is not no. It's not a popular show. Mm-hmm. Every time we'd get two or three Jordan Jesse Go listeners. Sure, you know some uh, Jordan Jesse Go listeners. They get it. Uh-huh. They, they know where we're driving this train. Uh-huh. Okay. They, they know the stops because they know the conductors. You don't think they show up to find out? No. They already know. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. They got the timetable. <laughs> we issue it to them. And then I'm going to say, and this is in a secondary room of this club, I'm going to say four people who possibly were dropped off there after they received treatment at the emergency room. <laughs> All right. They're just waiting for their loved one to come pick them up. <laughs> blood yeah. donors waiting for their juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just periodically someone raised their hand and said, I, am I supposed to get a cookie? <laughs> I was led to believe. And that is a weird thing to do. Mm-hmm. It is very weird to ingratiate yourself to someone who does not it's not that they're hostile. You just don't know them, and sure. they don't know you. Just aren't interested. It's like it's like a blind date. Yeah, with, with people who just aren't necessarily going to be attracted to you in the yeah. least. Yeah, um, guys, do you know what time? I have a quick question. Do yeah. you guys know what time we're going to finish this? I actually, I walked my daughter home from school today, uh, and she told me that she has to get to a midnight party tonight at Jack's house. She's bringing the glue. I don't understand what this is at all. Uh, this is a thing my daughter said when I walked her home. Oh, okay. Um, she's going to need to get to a midnight party at Jack's house. Uh-huh. She actually said this? How, and how old is she? She's five. Mm-hmm. It's her job to bring the glue. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. I want to make sure we get done in time for my daughter to get to that <laughs> midnight party at Jack's house. Yeah. Or else they'll be glueless. It's her job to bring the glue? Do you think she just has to poop? Yeah, that may be what that means. Your five-year-old's a huffer, man. Yeah. She's huffing. Well, you know, just I like, can't just blame like her. Just old man. She's, you grow up in the favela. <laughs> sure. You're going to end up huffing. It's from you, just Dad. I learned culture. it from watching you. It's just the culture. I think favela is my word of the day. That That's my favorite word, word I've heard all day. You know, maybe I should have upgraded from that corrugated tin roof. <laughs> But the elements, nah, but it's no. beautiful when it rains. Sounds beautiful. Just they the rain. clean things up that, for the World Cup. Hitting that, hitting <laughs> that, that was nice. It was nice. I appreciated uh, that. Yeah. So what? What? I just feel like this five-year-old's midnight I, party that so involves she, somebody bringing the glue is a fantastic sketch. Wait, she now. sat yeah. up last night. Context. It's not helpful context, but it's context. <laughs> last night, I I sit in there. Well, I'm waiting for the kids to fall asleep. So they want an adult in there. I have a five-year-old and three-year-old. They want an adult in there after they go to bed to sit there with them while they fall asleep. It's normal kid sure. behavior. 
And I was sitting in there, and usually Grace is the first to fall asleep, my five-year-old. The three-year-old is the one that fights sleep as long as he can. But Grace, Grace, like we took them to bed at, you know, 8.40 or 8.35 or something like that. Like 9, 9.05, Grace sits up and she says, Daddy, is it midnight? I have to go to a midnight party at Jack's. I'm supposed to bring the glue. Where do you think- So today, mm-hmm. she gave me a little explanation about this situation because I was wondering what was going on. Um, there's going to be some other kids there. Jack invited some other kids. So the concern here is that they will be missing Grace at the party um, because she didn't go last night. They moved the party to tonight. Oh, I see. There's already some kids who are committed to coming to the party. Mm-hmm. And the the worry here is both that she will be absent and... Oh, sorry. Is there a weird... Sorry. sorry. So there's oh, a weird buzz? Happening? My phone buzzing. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's it's the kids at the party going, where's the glue, man? <laughs> so I'm receiving an important phone call from Campbell, California. Mm. Uh, so there's two concerns. The first is she'll be absent. There's other kids going to be at Jack's for the midnight party. She doesn't want to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the first thing. Second thing... Well, they're not going to have any glue. <laughs> She's supposed to bring the glue. So I just want to make sure. I mean, where this is an evening record. Yeah. I have five. Let me ten. ask you something. Who's going to be at this party? Uh, well, it's at Jack's house. So Jack's going to be there. There's going to mm-hmm. be some more kids there uh, from school. And um, each of them are bringing something. My daughter, Grace, she's five. Her job is to bring the glue. Right. To the midnight party? I guess we should know what other people bring into the midnight party before we can really put all this together. Right. This sounds like an improv warm-up. So the question is... And I'm bringing felt. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple possibilities. I'm bringing The concern here, I think... I'm going to the midnight party. I don't know. It's Yeah. Sounds like something that would happen in an improv class. Zound. Yeah. Zound. Huh? Guys, we're ready for long form. (laughs) We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, Jordan, the Max Fun Drive is coming up. What's the Max Fun Drive? Well, it's a special time of the year mm-hmm. where uh, if you like this show and other shows on MaximumFun.org. And or this show likes you back. Sure. <laughs> or if you don't like this show, but you do like other shows on MaximumFun.org. Right. Probably uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me. Sure. Why wouldn't you like that great show? Those guys are the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, with its theme and focus. Um, premise thing that you can tell other people about. Uh, if you are a fan of this show and other MaximumFun.org programs, yeah. what you're going to want to do is drop us a line during the Max Fun Drive, pledge a little bit to support, and you get a bunch of cool stuff. We're going to have uh, cool shows, all pledge drive long, special guests, fan favorites. Uh, yeah, you can pledge your support. Keeps uh, this thing going. Make sure everybody at MaximumFun.org gets paid. And uh, yeah, you and you can let your favorite podcasters know that you like the show and you think they should keep doing it. Yeah, it starts March twentieth, and the last day of the drive, we will be uh, doing along with a number of other Max Fun hosts here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles a live streaming show on Friday evening. Um, you will find all of that information at maximumfun.org. 
You will also find information about Max Fun Meetup Day. Mm. That's coming up across this great country. We did this <clears throat> last year, and it was like such a stunning success. We got pictures from all over the country uh, of people having meetups. All you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash Meetups 2017. And if there is not already a meetup listed for your town, area, region, go ahead and there's instructions there on how to start one. Head it up. All you got to do. Head it up. I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is pick a place and show up. <laughs> That's it. People that get hard. worried like I can't bring enough people or whatever, blah, 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 blah. If you're worried about sitting there alone, first of all, you shouldn't be. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. We've had meetups with mul- where multiple people show up in like Beirut and stuff. Yeah. But I say, I think it was Istanbul. I think it was three people in Istanbul. Yeah. So anyway, I, I say... If you're worried about it, say to a friend of yours, hey, will you go hang out at a bar with me for two hours? Maybe some internet weirdos will show up. Yeah. Internet weirdos are going to be lovely. Your friend's going to be thrilled to meet them. going to be awesome weirdos. That's all that's required. Basically, just pick a place. MaximumFun.org slash meetup These things are a ton of fun. They are a ton of fun. I also want to give a quick update. Mm -hmm. We've had some pretty incredible entries in our scholarship contest. Okay. Is there a lot of big hats out there? Yeah. So Jordan Jessica listeners probably already know this, but we are giving away a scholarship of $1,000 toward lifelong learning to the listener with the biggest hat. So what have you seen so far? Is anything stand, does anything stand out as being a potential winner? I saw a man playing the piano while wearing a piano on his head. Okay. I was impressed with that. That sounds neat. That's something that I was really impressed with. I saw a child with a very tall hat. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that was just big relative to the person? No, it was, I'm going to say, five feet long. Okay. That's a big hat. Yeah. And um, it was not wide, so I can't speak to the volume. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's something for the Blue Ribbon Commission to decide. And again, we are so grateful to the Blue Ribbon Commission featuring folks like Boots Riley of The Coup, Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and Big Magic, among other books, Um, uh, Gillian Jacobs from Netflix's Love, which is just starting its Mm -hmm. second season on Netflix now. Um, Who else have we got? Uh, Your mom, Mm -hmm. my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're the co-chairs of the commission. Uh, and uh, a hat maker from Walima Hats in Altadena, California. His name's Cody. Mm-hmm. Cody Walima. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's keep seeing those hats, people. Let's flash them caps. Yeah. Flash us your caps. Flash your, your caps. Big old cappies. All you got to do, post it on your. Dump ins- them out. Dump out those caps. Post them on Twitter uh, or Instagram with the hashtag JJGoBigHat. And if you go to MaximumFun.org slash JJGoBigHat, you can find all of the information there. Uh, Brian put together a little info page. You can share that information far and wide. I just want to emphasize something, Jordan. Mm -hmm. Please do. A lot of people have been asking me, Jesse, this seems like a bad idea. Jesse, is this $1,000 of your own money? Jesse, are you just making this up? Is this an extended bit? I want to be clear. This is all too real. Unfortunately, I have conf- can I am legally bound now that I've announced that I would do this to do it. Otherwise, it would be fraud. <laughs> so I am actually going to give a thousand dollars of my money to the person who wears the biggest hat. If you're not out there trying to make a big hat for this contest, you're throwing away a cool thousand, a cool sawbuck. I was just going to attack them. Oh, okay. Like say they're they're disgusting. Yeah. They're they're barely a step well, above an are. animal. They know that. 
They might as well. They know that. They might as well rut in the mud like a pig. Yeah. Sort of mud pig. And you know I don't eat no swine. Nah. Nah. I wouldn't even eat you. If you can't even make a hat, I wouldn't even eat you. Nah. You think some bullshit store hat is going to cut it? No. You think some- Make a big hat. Make a big hat. Let's. I want to see some. I want to see a lighter than air hat, mm. like a dirigible, or a blimp. Mm-hmm. Depends on whether it has an internal structure. Have a hat that can have an animal on top. You got it. I did. We did have one great hat this week that was essentially a man who had strapped to his head a cat scratching post. Okay. With a cat on it. That's really good. Yeah, that was very nice. That was not necessarily the most voluminous, mm-hmm. but. The most precarious, certainly. <laughs> the cat can't have been happy about it. No. Even with the scratching post there. Mm-hmm. So, JJ, maximumfun.org slash JJ Go. Big hat. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Paul Provenza, midnight party host. Paul, <laughs> always a joy to have you here on the program. So nice to be in your company, guys. Can, can I ask you one other quick question? This also related to my daughter Grace. Do you have I was a, out of town. Do you have, <laughs> Do you have a piece of gold? <laughs> I do not have okay. one handy because she is currently building a leprechaun trap. Mm, she date. asked me if I had a piece of gold. I did not have one to offer her. So it makes if, you really question your value as a father, doesn't it? Jordan, I don't know if you have any bullion. <laughs> yeah. I think she prefers bullion. I yeah. happen to have a Krugerrand handy. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> That'll work. That's perfect. A Krugerrand <laughs> is perfect. What about just a handful of gold bond? Yeah, well. What if the leprechaun has itchy junk? <laughs> <laughs> then you get a leprechaun, but you don't really want him. Yeah. Ugh, he's really sweaty. Yeah. His thighs have been rubbing together. It's catching. What do you think she's going to do when she catches the leprechaun? <sighs> yeah, that's eat, a good mean, question. Eat it, right? That's, what did what, Dar- what, what that's did... how the midnight parties start, my yeah. friend. What did Darby O'Gill get up to in Darby O'Gill and the Little People? I think he ate the leprechaun. Yeah? Yeah. Can you eat a leprechaun? Yeah, that's how you get their powers. Their powers of smallness. To eat? Oh, seriously? Is that the legend? That if you eat a leprechaun? I don't know a lot about leprechauns. I don't think so either. But yeah, I don't keep up on the leprechaun thing. I did read an interesting leprechaun article this morning. (laughs) (laughs) What? There's a New York Times Metro (laughs) section. Yes. (laughs) Once you're done with world affairs, you dip into this this revealing Vanity Fair piece. A, (laughs) a, a, A man, a movie man. Who makes horror movies mm. has a vision for a movie called Vampiricon. Vampiricon <laughs> gets bit by a vampire. I am in. If you can't see this as the next Sharknado, you, my friend, are small-minded. Yeah. Yes, I know. You could be leaving all that Sharknado money on the, <laughs> on table. the table. You're you're gonna need to cast Tiffany. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, Tiffany. <laughs> uh, you know, find a spot for poor Tara Reed in there. I want you to ask Grace uh-huh. what she's gonna do when she catches the leprechaun, yeah. and does she feel good about? about putting a leprechaun in captivity. You know what? I think it's time to start addressing moral Their and ethical issues. Their fins droop over like killer whales. One of my biggest <laughs> concerns here mm-hmm. is that I have two terrier dogs. Mm-hmm. They're going to catch this leprechaun, the second grace cat. As soon as it goes in that leprechaun mm-hmm. trap, 
Coco and Sissy are going to be sticking their schnozzes in there, yeah, and then it's shake, a, shake, shake, break the leprechaun's yeah, that's neck. A pretty good squeak toy, a leprechaun. Yeah. Oh, I should say that the the reason that Vampricon has not been made yet is because he's being sued by the maker of Leprechaun. Oh, okay. So wait. So the guy Lepre Leprepire. No, Lep- yeah. So the, mo- the makers of Leprechaun <laughs> and also Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh, because because they Leprechaun is their intellectual property. That's now. what Anything he is saying. Around he, a is leprechaun? saying he is saying that he contributed in some way to the creation of Vampricon, and so that he that he he does not want Vampricon to be made, or oh, he wants man. to I be. I hope this goes to a jury trial. He wants to be. I want to be on that jury. Yeah, Leprechaun v Vampricon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the real problem that yeah. they're going to run into is. It's only eight people on the Supreme Court right now. What if there's a deadlock? I know. This is clearly an issue. They're going to have to send it back down to a lower court. You know, where's Justice Kennedy going to fall? Sure. He's he's normally the swing vote. We know where Scalia would have gone. Yeah. And that's out of the picture now. I think uh, think Cthulhu breaks the tie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When something momentous momentous happens to you, was there a leprechaun in in the hood poster? In your blockbuster video, your entire childhood, Jordan. I mean, I think there's. I think every blockbuster had a a poster for at least one of the Leprechaun movies. And then Fat Beach, <laughs> Fat Beach. I feel like Fat Beach was the only movie <laughs> with a poster in my in my in the in the blockbuster video at Army and Mission in San mm-hmm. Francisco. You didn't have Soul Plane up there. This is pre Soul Plane. Oh, pre Soul mm. Plane. By the time Soul Plane came around, I was a I was a. Art, art house cinema enthusiast teen. Uh-huh. Vidiots. I'm talking about I'm talking about the Fat Beach era. <laughs> this is just after Car 54, Where Are You, starring the Fat Boys in KRS-One. <laughs> um, okay. When something momentous. Poindexter? Yeah. Do you think uh, Do you think that your daughter's uh, uh, clamoring for to own a leprechaun <laughs> is uh, related to the fact that uh, there's a new St. baby Patrick's, in the house? St. Patrick's Day is coming up mm-hmm. right now. Do you think she's being topical? Is it seasonal? Yeah. Well, she always does topical material. There you go. She's right. like Will Durst. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes on stage with a newspaper. Yeah, Mort Saul style. <laughs> I saw Mort Saul do. Uh, have you ever seen Mort Saul? We're going to get to these momentous occasions, but have you ever seen Mort Saul do stand up? Sure have. I saw him not that long ago, maybe ten years ago, seven, eight, ten years ago in San Francisco at the at the Purple Onion. Uh, the things that I was surprised by: number one, still very funny. I actually enjoyed it. Was worried it would be sad. Actually, good point. It is great. He still does it every Thursday night at the Throckmorton. Really? Mm. Yep. yep. Oh, right I think there it's in, Thursdays in Marin County, mm-hmm. Mill Valley. Home of my wife's parents. Um, Mort Saul uh, uh, was very funny, um, did a lot of topical humor and a lot of topical humor from 30 years previous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was yes. a very interesting mix of topical humor and, yes, and, and, and very old topical yeah, humor. Yeah. It's weird, though, because he is able to actually take some of that old stuff and actually apply it. Yeah, to this day and age, and it makes it a little bit more surreal, even. Yeah. Good work, Mortzal. That's what I have to say. Yeah. He was very funny. That was the thing that I took away from yeah, that. Yeah, he was funny and sharp, and and uh, he's still upset about the Kennedy assassination. Very upset mm-hmm. about that. Still. When something momentous happens to you, like you assassinate President Kennedy, <laughs> like you are assassinated. We ask you to call us at two zero six nine eight four four fun. I want to be clear. I am not calling for assassination. I am simply <laughs> yeah. saying. Were someone to be assassinated and you were the perpetrator, we would ask you to call us at 206 984 fun We would ask the assassinatee to call in, <laughs> if, but if, they're if in no possible. position to do so. Mm. Unless 
they cross the Rainbow Bridge backwards. Oh. There's a phone booth at the at the at the earth side of the Rainbow Bridge. Mm-hmm. You can use real quick, then cross over towards those pearly gates. That's if you find a leprechaun. Yeah. They should probably call. Right. I would consider that momentous. Yeah. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is the number to call. Let's take our first call. Jordan, Jesse, illustrious guest. This is Adam calling from rural Quebec, where I just went to fill up my tank after getting two fillings at my local uh, sort of locally owned gas station, and the cashier is practicing the bit. I hope you can hear it in the background because it's pretty good. Wait, what's he practicing? The bass? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Bass, like an upright bass sounded like. It might have been. Could have been a cello. Yeah, sure. Can you pluck a cello? I, this is the person working the store at a gas station? Yeah, just we're hanging out at the gas station. It's Rural good Quebec. defense for the shooting that ultimately seems to happen in those places. Yeah. <laughs> I was just don't okay. – torrent me. Sure. These just got, a guy was driven mad by ambient bass playing. Yeah. He had to go ahead and – Assassinate Kennedy. Sure. I would have been killed if it hadn't been for this base. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. It's a Manchurian candidate thing. If they if they hear the right three bass notes, they go into a trance. Yeah. You make your choices. Mm-hmm. You know, let's take our next call. Hi, Jordan. Jesse, go. This is Rob from Portland, Oregon. Uh, with a momentous occasion, I killed my first chicken. I'll try to keep this short. Uh, I have a pet chicken because I live in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I heard a commotion outside. Went outside and found the neighbor's dog had gotten loose and was throwing the chicken around like a rag doll. Uh, I had to get a rake, bought the dog off to get the chicken. Uh, the chicken was still alive, so I had to take it in the backyard and chop its head off, which I've never done. Uh, the only act I had turned out to be real dull. The death was ugly uh, and terrifying. It will haunt my dreams. And uh, then I told my wife when she got home from work, and uh, she said, no, I just saw our chicken in the backyard. So I went back, and sure enough, our chicken's fine. Turns out the neighbor's dog uh, killed the neighbor's chicken. Actually, I killed my neighbor's chicken because uh, <laughs> I thought it was ours. Um, so I'm a chicken murderer. Uh, the neighbor's fine with it. He's uh, oh, a hunter some... or something, so he kills chickens anyway. He doesn't care. Anyway, uh, yep. I mean, the worst part is he's going out on tour with the Decemberists tomorrow. I mean, (laughs) this is like a making of a murderer story here. (laughs) This is Jordan. This is our ticket. You know our friend Karen Kilgariff? Mm -hmm. She goes, my favorite murder. Mm -hmm. This is a huge smash hit podcast. You know about this uh, Finding Richard Simmons where they talk to the producer in the car? Sure. (laughs) This is our ticket. We unpack this chicken death. Mm Mm-hmm. In Portland, Oregon, or yeah. just chicken deaths in Portland, Oregon, in general. Or, I mean, should we should we broaden it out to just Portland mix-ups? Oh, like yeah. When you're coming right, out let me of ask the... you this: halfway through that story, when he said it turns out it wasn't my chicken, uh-huh. didn't you guys hope just a little bit it turned out it was a leprechaun? Yeah, yeah. Didn't you, weren't absolutely. you wishing a little bit? Yeah, I kind of was too. Yeah, I was looking forward to a little Blarney. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for a bit of Blarney. My time in Portland. Okay, was... so let's say your dog kills yeah. a chicken. It yeah. turns out not to be your chicken, but it's a neighbor's chicken. No, the neighbor's dog killed a, a different neighbor's chicken. Oh, a different neighbor's chicken. Yeah. Okay. That's why we need to do the podcast, because Paul doesn't even know. Sure, Regardless, yeah. Any, well, because, yeah, there's a lot of confusing aspects to this case. But um, Someone please uh, add some, add some ambient somebody, electronic music behind this. Does somebody eat that chicken? I, well, yeah, I mean, I wonder. I wonder how bad the dog fucked it up. I wonder... If the if the meat is tainted, I don't know. I was at a kid's 
play event <clears throat> the other day. Mm-hmm. My haltingly saying that made it sound like very a creepy, very creepy euphemism. <laughs> but I was at a I was at a kids meetup the other day, and it was the kind where you don't know the other parents. Uh huh. And I'm talking to these parents. How does this I don't know. Happen? How does this happen? Well, in this case, it was specifically a meetup for parents of transgendered kids. Mm-hmm. So it was like so that transgender kids can meet other transgender kids and like have fun. Okay. But in general, when you have a kid this age, you end up going to a shit ton of things where you are forced to talk to adults you do not know. Because the children know each other. The adults do mm-hmm. not know each other. I do not go to school with these adults. So I just have to be nice to them until my child is tired. So I'm being nice to these parents, and one of them told me about another one's one parent told, who was friends with another set of parents told me that the other set of parents' mother had just killed a chicken in front of her child. Wow. <laughs> Which, you know, that's something that grandmas do. Sure. Okay? I'm not... Hell, my grandma, born and raised in God's United States, she'll kill a chicken. She, she'd have killed a chicken. She's, she's rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Grandma Rita. She's hopefully killing chickens in heaven. Grandma Rita could have... Grandma Rita heaven, would kill know. a chicken as soon as look at it. You know, that's dinner right there. Mm. The thing is, is when you have one of these urban chickens, once you kill it, what are you going to do? Eat it? It's too stringy. Well, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. It's I'm too stringy. You want to eat a nice fat chicken. Okay. Maybe you're making stock. Okay. Well, at least you don't want to I let think it go if you have waste. an urban I mean, if chicken... If the chicken has to die in such a horrific manner, at least, you know, it should... Not go to waste. At least it should be stock. Sure. At the very least. And it's nice. If you put the stock, here's a, here's a nice stock tip. <laughs> <laughs> if, you put the, if you put some of the stock, you, you make the stock. That, I can't get that app off my iPhone. <laughs> you're going to want to put some of it in, in tuppies, mm-hmm. okay, to put in the freezer. Sure. Okay. But if you put some of it in an empty uh, ice cube dish, what's that called? Ice cube ice tray. tray. Ice cube tray. Yeah. You put the stock in there, yeah. then you have access to it in small amounts if you need it for sauces. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that is a fun tip. The, that tip, tip is so valuable, I'm going to leave here and kill a chicken. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But make sure you got some celery and carrots on hand because I want a full, I want a full and rounded stock for me, Paul. <laughs> I want a rounded stock, okay? I don't want a one-dimensional stock. I want to see an herb sachet in there. <laughs> Are Wrap you, it up in cheesecloth, Paul. Are there a lot of chickens in Portland? Wrap it up in cheesecloth. <laughs> I think they are. They, yeah, I think the the I have a little bit of farm shit at my house. It's yeah. probably very popular in Portland. Axes, chickens, overalls. Yeah, Tra- <laughs> trowel on the wall. Banjos. Mason, Poor hygiene. Mason jar <laughs> yeah. serving out of. These are all things hay bales for seating. Mm-hmm. These are all things that you can have in Portland. It's part of what makes Portland so wonderful. Yes. It's one of the reasons why uh, we got this uh, one listener in Portland. Mm-hmm. We, got the, we got the one listener in Portland and the one in Brooklyn. Yeah. The, cheer, the chicken killer. Yeah. The chicken killer. I was, that, I was really, really horrified at that story until for some weird reason I learned that the chicken he had to kill wasn't his and then I liked it. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's less, diff- I would, yeah. it's less traumatic after you find out it wasn't your chicken, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That makes a ton of sense. Well, if something momentous happens to you, like you get killed with a dull axe, 
4-F-U-N. 206-984-4-FUN. Put it in your telephone. Don't try and remember it. You're not going to remember it. Yeah, put you it got in your, You're listening to this on your phone. Put it in your phone right now. Yeah. 206-984-4-F-U-N. We need the content. Nothing happens to us, particularly me. I have three children. I don't leave the house. All I can do is hope that one of my children says something funny so that I can report it back the next week. <laughs> and pretty soon that's going to be gone. Pretty soon all they're going to be doing is playing video games and ignoring me. <laughs> we need your content to I'd like keep to hear the about, show going. I'd like to hear about what they're playing, what video games they're playing. That'd be pretty interesting. Is this going to be like a Guinness issue where you're have, like, people are going to do stuff just so they could call in? Like, you know, that's we, definitely all. I'm going to be chicken, killing yeah. chickens just so I can... We hope so, Jordan frankly. Yeah. We hope that you're uh, putting yourself in danger. Yep. Putting your loved ones in danger. Please do. Uh, yeah, you do it. Call Making us. reckless life choices of all types. It'll help us kill Particularly, four but minutes. not exclusively sexual. Yeah. I mean, certainly some of them should be sexual. Yeah. And but also involving assassination. Some of them should involve that kind of bat suit thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Sure you those. <laughs> and then you float through the air. <laughs> yeah. More danger sports. It's a new type of extreme sport, Paul. Uh-huh. Flip out of the way of a train. I don't know. Yeah, do a flip out of the way of a train. Mm-hmm. Back or front? I mean, I would prefer back, but... You know what would stink? Beggars can't be choosers. You know what would really stink? What if you, you get in the way of a train, you got your camera set up, you're rolling tape. Well, there's no such thing as tape anymore. But I mean, <laughs> Digital remember VCRs. Oh, my God. Speaking of phones, I don't remember anybody's phone. They're always blinking. I don't remember anybody I know's phone number anymore. Remember when we knew people's addresses. <laughs> so you're standing in front of the train. You're rolling tape. Mm-hmm. You're ready to do a front flip. You accidentally forget and you do a somersault. Then you look like a real yeah, asshole. I don't want to hear then about Then you should it. call Jordan I, Jesse No, Bell. I don't want to hear about a no, somersault. No, I don't want to hear about somersaults. Fuck only. somersaults. If I believe in one thing, and I don't, it's fuck somersaults. Mm. <laughs> 206 984 Like a nice winter pepper. We'll be back in just a second <laughs> on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Paul Provenza, outer loper. That's fun, Paul. Mm-hmm. That is fun. That's a word that should exist. Yeah. Needs to. Also a little erotic. Paul, I think. Also a little, a little erotic. erotic. Right, there you go. Now Just a little bit. Paul, I think that words that should exist could be your new hook. I mm-hmm. think it might be. All you do is you say one, and then you just go, words huh? that should exist. <laughs> huh? Words that should exist. And then Thanks, go, folks. I've been Paul Provenza. Go, Come on. Yeah. yeah. Now we're talking. Paul Provenza featured in the new documentary, Dying Laughing. About the sport of stand-up comedy. Yes. You can enjoy his documentary films, including Disney's The Aristocats. <laughs> you can go see... Leprechaun and Vampiricon. You can go see his live stand-up comedy show set list, which is performed often at the Nerd Melt Theater here in Los Angeles and at comedy festivals around this great world. And the other world, too. Melbourne. <laughs> I'm talking about Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, actually, we're not there. We're in Adelaide right now. As we speak, it's taking place in Adelaide. Where are you? Why, why are you not there? It... I got things to do. Well, you, got, you got Arch Barker down <laughs> <Sure>. there? <laughs> what do you got? A Greg Barrett down there? These are American comedians more famous in Australia. It's a thing. And oh, there's weird. bunches of them. Eddie Ift. Yeah. No, sure. Eddie Ift. Yeah. Eddie Ift. Big in Australia. Can't get arrested here. <laughs> yeah. Arch Barker's real funny. Yeah. He is. America, wake up. 
Wake up and smell the barker. <laughs> You're One of the shipping your guys. Com- shipping the comedy jobs overseas. That's not. It's a real nightmare. How you make this country great? Mm-hmm. Well, Paul Provenza, mm-hmm. it has been mm-hmm. such a joy. Uh, it's been such a joy to have you back on Thanks the program. Thanks for having me, guys. We Fun. think back on the program. We can't quite remember. Seventy-five percent. Yeah. Okay. We've got confirmation from Brian. It's it's been a joy to have you back on the program. <laughs> Since there's nothing I like more than sitting in a small enclosed space with you guys. Thank you, Paul. Thank <laughs> it you is so the much. most fun thing in the world. Yeah. I agree with you. I like there's a good n- cigar. Yeah, that's nice. In a small enclosed space, right? With yeah. You guys. We should have yeah. been. We should have been lighting up. You uh, know what? This, you know what this party needs? Glue. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Let's uh, head down to my Prius and <laughs> I got some glues for you. Brian Sunny D. Fernandez is our producer on the program. Hey guys, pledge drives around the corner. Max Fun Drive. Yeah. March twentieth. I hope you guys I hope you guys are gonna be there for us. Fun. Special eps. Bonus eps. Oh, I love Beps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this Mike fun Epps. drive just just for you guys or for Max Fun in for general? For maximum fun in general. Ah, so you, you can you earmark an appropriation? Absolutely, to a you show? can absolutely earmark earmark that. I mean, I think a lot of people. It's funny. So, there are some people who will affirmatively earmark. So they'll say, "I want my money to go to this show and this show and this show." Most people just say, "As long as it doesn't go to Jordan Jesse, <laughs> nice. I'm cool." Like as long as hey, cash is cash. Trying to starve that thing out, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You know what I'm. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, Jordan. you got to starve it out. Okay, hit us up on Twitter hashtag at JJGo. We're in the Max Fun Facebook group and at maximumfun.reddit.com. Having a lot of fun over there at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. Always have a nice time. It's Maximum a great fun. place to have fun. You know you know who I should talk about more? Hmm. Hunter Ellen Boss. Yeah? Is that yeah. a Reddit guy? Yeah. There you go. He's on Facebook, too. Hey, cool. That guy always comes through with a Man, thoughtful he's on all post. those websites. Yeah, I should be talking more about Hunter Ellen Boss. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Rachetacular. You're mm-hmm. yesterday's news. <laughs> Rachel Rosing. Yeah. We'll also go to r slash obscure media. Yeah. It's a good place to see, like... Discontinued Chuck E. Cheese robots. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. You know, you know what I like? Hmm. Uh, vintage audio. It's just dudes posting pictures of their stereo systems, but I like seeing pictures of dudes' stereo systems, so I'm cool fun. with it. Yeah. It's pretty fun to me. A lot of fun stuff there on Reddit. You know what's not that good? R slash baseball. Hmm. I love baseball, but I'm not that into it. Yeah. Why do you suppose it's not that good? Because too many people? Too many people I think a lot or... of the really good contributors that you would want to be on r slash baseball are already on r slash dragons fucking cars. <laughs> right. So it's sort of – it's a t- talent siphon. A talent drain. Yeah, yeah. They're working on their animations. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.